You are listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. Is there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Well, we're going to have to call today Advanced Medicine Monday and Tuesday. How is that possible? We're straddling two days. The international dateline has been crossed. Oh, no, he's done it again. He stepped across the line. Dr. Batar, where are you? <laughs> I'm down under, close to down under. Clo- you are close to, you are down under, technically. You're, you're in the Kiwi land, New yep. Zealand. And, of course, it is tomorrow already. So uh, tell us, has the world ended yet? Uh, no, it hasn't. It's still going strong, and uh, I will tell you that uh, Denver's going to win, and unfortunately, the Panthers are going to lose. Yeah, okay, well, you've, you've got that prediction right, except we, we already had that part of uh, yesterday, so we're done with that. Oh, but, okay. yeah, I didn't yeah. know how far ahead in the future I had to let you guys know. <laughs> yes, I know. It gets confusing. I was just stunned and shocked that we could still go live today with you in another part of the world. I'm very excited about that. By the way, I posted some pictures of uh, my garden, my winter garden is still going strong. I got red peppers that are beautiful. I got more tomatoes than than we can eat go- coming in, and collards are still growing strong. We haven't eaten them all, uh, but down there, you're supposedly like in summertime. Exactly, it's summer. It's uh, actually quite beautiful, and uh, the first few days we were here, just rain and rain and rain. So when people ask us, "What's it like? Uh, you know, is it different than winter?" And for us, when we were here for the winter. A few years ago, it was exactly the same, so we really couldn't tell the difference. But now we can tell the the foliage is you know greener. It's actually green all year round, but it's greener now. There's more flowers blooming. It's, it's very nice. Oh, it's beautiful. And and you know the people down there. When I went to New Zealand, this was back in the '90s, many years ago, and I toured the South Island. I, you know, I found the people just wonderful. I, I felt at the time that there was a little bit of false advertising as they explained that they were like the cleanest place on earth. And I guess because they're pretty remote, they could argue in some ways. But at the time, it was hard for me to find organic food. They were still using pesticides, even though they wouldn't let nuclear aircraft carriers uh, dock in their uh, harbors. Yeah, and the thing is that no matter where you go, it's never going to be perfect. But they are, for example, right now, they're trying to have uh, laws passed uh, in New Zealand that are similar to what's trying to be passed in the U.S. with uh, the GMO labeling issue. Okay. It's quite aggressively being defended. So we'll see what happens. But pretty much anywhere you go, you're going to have both sides of the coin, people arguing. And so they have they have one great benefit that uh, the U.S. doesn't have, and that is that it's in the southern hemisphere, and the U.S. is in the northern hemisphere. And some people would say, well, what's the benefit with that? Well, the benefit is there's a lot more nuclear power in the northern hemisphere than there is in the southern hemisphere. So there's a lot less chances of anything uh, going wrong in the southern hemisphere, and Fukushima is just one example. Chernobyl years ago was another example. Three mile nuclear, um, three mile island incident, you know, years ago. That's another example. So, and of course, you don't have all these countries posturing with nuclear weaponry either. So. Yeah, I know. There's there's a lot of uh, thought form in, in terms of being in the southern hemisphere in that regard. But we're still all, all on planet Earth. And uh, as far as bringing the power to heal uh, back to the people, we're talking to people all over the world. 
that desire that, and I'm glad that we're here doing it today as well. Now, one of the issues we talked about last week was out of Flint, Michigan, the recognition of lead poisoning due to the water contamination, uh, the poor or non-existent filtration as opposed to water chemicalization with chlorine or fluoride or whatever they're doing. And Aaron Brockovich, if you you remember Aaron Brockovich, she's uh, mm-hmm. she's taken to task a lot of these uh, issues uh, against corporations and government when they're not doing their job right. And in this issue, she was on Bill Maher's show uh, Real Time on HBO, and she was talking with Bill about this issue. And I want to play a clip here, and then uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, what happens is 70% of our municipal systems come from surface water. So that's rivers, and that's creeks, and that's reservoirs. No two bodies of water are the same. So if you willy-nilly change the water system from one river to another, you can cause a chemical reaction in the water. So we add chlorine because when we bring in the surface water, it has organic matter. And it creates a byproduct, which is called total trihalomethane. Now, we've heard of total trihalomethane. I think a lot of people, though, haven't. They just hear chlorine and they use it to disinfect the water. But the secondary chemical combinations are also problematic yes that's that's very true um and of course then how those particular chemicals interact with other chemicals or other metals or other types of problems for example we know that lead and mercury together are exponentially more detrimental and you add things like fluoride and all these other things there's all sorts of catastrophic synergistic effects that occur so there there are many things that we don't know what this chemical does in conjunction with other components within those waters. Well, let's check in with uh, Aaron Brockovich again and see what the EPA regs say about this. Very regulated by the EPA and part of the Safe Drinking Water Act because it's an environmental pollutant and it's carcinogenic. You have a thousand cities in violation today of total trihalomethanes in their water system. Now, that's not something you see every day, but now they're starting to look into it because of the Flint, Michigan thing, which could be, you know, not good for the people of Flint, but it might be putting something on the radar screen of everybody else. Yeah, I mean, just think about that, Robert. That She said a 1,000 different yes. cities, which means that the average state is going to have 20 cities within it that's going to have this problem. Yeah, and, and I think about something else here, because we've been covering the scam of the Zika virus, that it's a cover story for things that are causing birth defects, like uh, this microcephaly. Could it be possible that this could also be a cover story for what will inevitably happen in the United States with more contaminated water? And I think Aaron Brockovich may be onto something here as well. New studies have shown that women in the first trimester of pregnancy exposed to over 80 parts per billion of total trihalomethane have a 15.7% increased risk of miscarriage. Holy tamole. 15% increased risk of miscarriage. And what if they don't miscarry? Could there be, like they say in microcephaly, any assault in the first trimester can result in some of these defects? Yeah, Robert, if it's a 15% increase in miscarriage, then you know that that number of people that are going to be, that are going to have a those babies that are being born that don't miscarry, that are actually born, the number that are going to have some type of a genetic malformation, a deficit, or some type of a neurological assault or microcephaly, whatever imbalance that you can think of, it's going to be far greater than 15%. And I think it would be a very safe, uh, very safe guess to say that it will be double minimum. So if it's 15% that are miscarrying, then at least 30%, I would think, 
that would be a very conservative estimate, are going to have some type of a congenital deformality due right. to exposure in utero. So if we're talking about resolutions here, you know, what is the government doing? Are they holding these corporations accountable for poisoning the water? Or are we holding so-called government municipalities accountable for not doing what they know they should be doing in terms of cleaning that water up? Let's check in with Aaron Brockovich again. They are not following regulations, and they found a way to cheat the system. And here's where we're having a national crisis. They've decided when they exceed total trihalomethanes not to do what's regulated, and that's to put on a carbon-activated filtration system. It's expensive. They don't want to pay for it. So they've gone the cheap route, and they now throw ammonia in the water system. But, yeah. And the ammonia has a chemical reaction. It X's out the chlorine, which is very scary, and here's why. Are you watching all the Legionella outbreaks across this country? No. This is why. They're everywhere. Oh. Brain-eating amoebas in Louisiana. Brain-eating amoebas? Yes. I am so totally never drinking this stuff again. I'm yeah. <laughs> so if they're adding ammonia instead of doing carbon filtration, they're saying they're neutralizing the killing effects of chlorine, and now you've got brain-eating amoebas floating around in certain water supplies. Yeah, so there's all sorts of different components now. You know, you, I mean, I didn't realize some of this, what she just talked about, but the, the suppression of the immune system secondary to the first and second toxicity, as I talked about in the book, The Metals and the Persistent Organic Pollutants, of which this particular chemical that Aaron's talking about is a fall into the category of the second toxicity. But we've talked about the third toxicity, which is the opportunistics, which are the bacteria, the viruses, the spirochetes, mycoplasma, yeast, etc., those are the ones that are actually she's not talking about with these amoebas. That's a parasite, and those are being also those are also being affected by the the component in the um, water. Uh, it's the, the susceptibility to the to the um, it's the susceptibility of the individual's immune system that causes the uh, manifestation of this right. type of issue that normally may not actually be an issue because the immune system is intact, but you yeah, realize it's insufficient. Dr. Bittar, I was thinking also, even if this is not happening, just if they were doing the chlorine right, you'd want to pull the chlorine out through carbon filtration or other filtration mechanisms because the chlorine itself is designed to what? Kill microbes. What is your gut made of? This microbiome. Your life depends on a healthy balance of those microorganisms, and if you're drinking chlorinated water, you're killing them. It's acting like a pesticide of some kind. Yep, that's exactly right. And and then there's all this... Uh all this other type of uh, issue that by throwing off the natural flora, for example, so you, you've got one issue that you just described, then you've got the other issue of altering the terrain, as we've talked about, the yes. imbalances that are created, which then render the system even more susceptible. And so it's like it's actually like starting uh, a little, it's a spark that causes a fire, and then there's an eventual burning of the forest. And that little spark, sometimes we may not appreciate how significant, how uh, how. Uh, detrimental right. that spark can you know the amount of damage it can cause and we didn't even talk about the old pipes aaron's got this one too i can't keep up with where the flints are happening they're from indiana ohio texas florida pennsylvania 16 cities reporting california alaska louisiana virginia new york yeah, it's navajo nation it's and all over because, why because nobody wants to pony up and put in new pipes for 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 starters we need yep. to lay pipe <laughs> Okay, when Bill Maher says that, it means something different, but you get the drift. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the that's actually, 
I would have to agree for I would have to agree on that on on multiple accounts actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen. You know, the lead in the water, or is it the lead in the pipe itself? The corrosive nature of the chemicals, or the chemicals that are already in the water because it's coming from a polluted water source. We have got to take responsibility for. If we can't do anything about what's outside of our house, what comes into it? As I said, we've gotten talking about filtration technologies, other technologies to clean up the water because they're not doing it, so we all must, each of us. We're going to be back with more advanced medicine, Dr. Batar from Down Under, and tomorrow, only he could pull that off. <laughs> Links are up in the show notes at robertscatbell.com. Back with more powerful healing after this brief break. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. This is a special edition of Advanced Medicine. Remember, if you ever miss a show, easiest place to go, medicalrewind.com. We also now have an easy access page through SoundCloud at robertscottbell.com as well. Dr. Batar is reporting from tomorrow. So far, he hasn't predicted anything that we didn't already know, but it's you know it may take a little while to get our bearings on how much time you're ahead of us <laughs> to, to kind of get those lottery numbers in order. So. Yeah, I already got them pulled out for you, Robert. So okay, all right. Thank you very much. So uh, next week we'll have more news. But uh, this this <laughs> this Flint, Michigan thing, still bugging me uh, for a lot of reasons. And Erin Brockovich is an amazing woman. She's really done incredible things since uh, uh, you know all those years ago. The Julia Roberts portrayed her in the movie, but she continues consistently to push on these issues. Uh, she was even doing one. Remember when we covered the mysterious ailments in Troy, New York, uh, with those uh, high school students uh, on the track or whatever. Uh, so she's on on board on these things, but I don't know how aware she is of remedies for these things, other than you know point out the uh, the greed, hypocrisy, the corruption in government, etc. That's that's poisoning or not not remedying it. But she don't, might not know the remedies. And now there's reports in 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 Flint, Michigan, of dogs turning up in veterinary offices with lead toxicity as well. Yeah, dogs. Uh, this is not something unusual, actually, Robert. Whatever affects humans is going to be is going to affect animals so it is actually a common thing and we've had over the years a number of inquiries where people will ask us to treat their animals and there are veterinarians actually that do do chelation on on uh, dogs and have treated dogs with uh, various types of other uh, interventions intravenous interventions that we use in uh, our patient population but um, not an uncommon thing not as many vets may be doing chelation as physicians, but certainly not an uncommon thing. Well, and, and this, you know, I've talked about this EDTA chelation and other things we've talked about over the years. You and I, you've written about it extensively. You've lectured around the world on it. And it's not an unknown commodity, as I've said, in the in the 20th century, mid-20th century. They already knew that this was a viable option, an almost a miraculous option for pulling lead out. This is where they, they got it started, and then they found out the side effect was that it somehow cleaned the arteries out, and the, that's the moment it became quackery because it threatened the development of the emerging profitable so-called scientific procedure of bypassing the heart, you know, with uh, arteries or veins they take from your leg, bypass surgery. So it would render it obsolete or unneeded. And so then this EDT calculation, which was considered really good and innovative, suddenly became a quackery uh, scenario. 
As soon as you start to take away the um, incentive, or and actually not to take away the incentive, but rather take away the profit from the status quo, you are going to cause yourself a great deal of hurt. And that's exactly what happened in the area of chelation. Um, because once the upon the advent of bypass surgery, there was too much profit that was at stake. And so that's one reason they took it out of the physician's desk reference. And it's not just chelation. I mean, it's pretty much any medical treatment. The, the use of magnesium, for example, all the old time doctors that lived around the turn of the century, magnesium was a very common thing that was utilized. In fact, I learned the significance of magnesium before I even got into the uh, non-conventional realm by an OBGYN that was using magnesium in preeclampsia. And he told me that it would even work with asthmatics. And I thought, that's strange. And I'd never heard that from anybody. I learned this from an uh, OBGYN doctor that was probably in his 80s when I was rotating with him. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that were commonplace, common knowledge among doctors, and then fell by the wayside because they had some expensive pharmaceutical that came along that was not being used, and they put aside that particular, um, uh, you know, simple intervention, or not just pharmaceutical, it could be a medical device, whatever the case is. And you probably have that in all different types of industry, but certainly the medical industry is very prone to this type of uh, issue. Yeah, it is. And and now the Alliance for Natural Health has put out another alert on the uh, FDA's attempts to block compounding of things like EDTA for this procedure because they don't want it utilized, what, for cardiovascular clearing, even though in this case it could be an immediate solution to help these children and adults who have been drinking lead-contaminated and even other heavy metal-contaminated waters there in that area. Yeah, it's really sad that they will first go after the people that are trying to make a difference or trying to help. Then, if that doesn't work, then they go after the tools that those people are using. So it's it's a never-ending story. Incredible. Well, we're going to continue to uh, detoxify all of y'all, if you're ready for it, at least teach you how to do it. Remember Dr. Batar's international best-selling book. Since he is international right now, it's called The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. If you're new to the program, pick it up. It is sensational. It's a gift of healing that does keep on giving. We've got a lot more healing to go after this break. Uh, You know, organic food, is, is it more expensive, really? We'll talk about it. You're listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. I've said for many years that the most dangerous thing you can have in America is really good medical insurance. Because it will be, well, it'll ensure that they do everything that they can to you. And that's not always a good thing, especially when it comes to invasive therapies of detection for things that they end up doing invasive uh, procedures that will not prolong your life, but actually make things worse. So we're going to get the lead out. We want to get a lot of those toxic poisons out. And Dr. Batar is around the world and tomorrow in New Zealand. By the way, Dr. Batar, what is their medical system? Are they a socialized system? Do they have the freedom to use natural remedies? Can doctors use homeopathy? What have you learned down there? Well, I don't know much of the details, but it is a socialistic medical system. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do have a much greater... um, accessibility to non-conventional forms of medicine. It's not considered 
to um, you know be three eared or or two horned or whatever you want to call it. It's not <laughs> yes. to be weird or anything like that. Um, many people seem to, at least the people that I've encountered. Now, of course, there could be a bias there because the people I'm encountering maybe it just happens to be a select group of people. But from what I've seen and what I've observed, it's uh, very common to find other modalities, um, natural healers and such. So I couldn't give you specifics, but I have mm-hmm. seen as many uh, non-conventional providers as I have conventional providers in just the social circles that I've been in. So Okay. Well, since, yeah. since the early 90s when I was in New Zealand, and I didn't, you know, interact with the medical system or anything there. But I, you know, it was a it was a great journey I took. Uh, I, there wasn't a lot of organic food. I'm sure that's changed as well. And there's an article here from Time, like Time Magazine of all places, that says why organic food might be worth the high co- high price. They said, you know, and, and we've said it, and I've heard it said. I think with the truth about cancer, well, I forget which which doctor or whoever said it. If you think organic food is expensive. Have you priced cancer lately? That might have been Joel Salatin for all I mean, you know. And, and perspective is in order. I mean, food should be the most important thing. You know, money should be no object, or the, the labor you put in to grow your own food should be no object because food quality is everything. Yeah, I, I know I made a comment similar to that. I don't think it was specific about food, but we were talking about, you know, the, the act of doing something from a preventive basis. We mm-hmm. tend not to, whether it's working out, drinking water, eating the right food, supplementing, et cetera. It's a lot easier and a lot cheaper to do it up front than to then once the detrimental thing hits you, then try to backtrack and try to undo all this stuff and then say, well, I've been eating really healthy and I'm a non-smoker now. How long have you been not smoking? Well, in the last two months and they've been smoking for 50 years before. You know, the time to do this is not after the proverbial poop hits the fan. It's to do it well before then. And so eating organic by far is a very simple and easy decision to make, and it tastes better. And to answer your question, when you talked about New Zealand, when you were here in the 1990s, there wasn't anything like that. It's very, very common and prevalent over here. Um, they, they have like these food markets that they do once a week, and there's over a 1,000 uh, different farmers that bring their produce, and it starts at 6.30 in the morning, and by 11 o'clock it's all sold out, and people can't wait till the next time. And people, Wow. You know, it's, it, it, yeah, and this is just in the small community that, where I'm staying, but it's everywhere uh, I, I'm being told that it's like this. Well, listen, now you got me hungry for uh, my next trip to New Zealand now that it's changed like that, so I'm thrilled to hear that. The um, use of, uh, again, organic, whether it's certified or not, as we know, if you get to know your farmer or if you become your own farmer, uh, we don't necessarily need it to be certified because you have a human-to-human contact, and that may even be better, in fact, than any uh, regulator can uh, attest to how things are being grown when you see it with your own eyes. Uh, but the study is interesting because it acknowledges uh, that uh, you know, there's a, a viability on many levels for organic agriculture, including the benefit to the farmer, who can make a better living than having to buy all of these patented chemicals from uh, uh, the likes of Monsanto just to keep going. It's just cost prohibitive, and then the food that you're actually delivering is lower in nutrition, and of course, more likely to create toxicological impacts on the farmers and their families themselves, like cancer. That's exactly right, and actually. One of the other stories that we were talking between breaks that we we're going to cover goes on to make that same point, the one about the um, unprocessed high-fat cow's milk and how it's protecting against asthma. Many of these food substances and, and things that we ingest into our body by taking them in, in the natural form in, in without the adulteration of the chemical process, without being 
uh, refortified and, you know, the pasteurization, homogenization, genetic modification, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Um, and that, that particular story that you brought to my attention, Robert, the one on the consuming unprocessed high-fat cow's milk protects against asthma. Of course, the key there is unprocessed. Yes. And it was interesting, just reading through that article, it says that the New York Times admitted that raw milk is a cure for allergies. And that is actually a truism. That is, in fact, if you can get A2A2 milk, we've talked about this on the air before, Yes. Um, which, you know, I brought cows in that had A2A2 milk from Montana and from Minnesota, and that cost me a fortune. But, of course, here, where I'm at right now in New Zealand, A2A2 milk is where it was all discovered, the A2 um, component versus the A1 component, which surprisingly a lot of the New Zealanders that I've talked to didn't even know anything about it. But um, bottom line is that especially A2 raw milk, that's the key here, the the raw unadulterated milk is yes. a solution for allergies. Well, and it's true. And we, we've talked about things like whey as a, as a medicinal food, but most of the way that's sold in America is processed and heat, heat treated or pasteurized, which you know completely corrupts it. It's not going to have the same impact when you have it raw in this way in its natural state. And it's a difference maker. And for them to acknowledge that is pretty shocking. So not only do we have the acknowledgement of organic food, but now that unprocessed, as we mean raw milk, they don't want to say the headline that way, but it's there. Uh, high fat, they're even saying. Stop with the low fat. I know when I'm on the Jerry Doyle show, he's still... You know he's proud of himself now because he tells me, "Yep, I went, I went to the grocery store and I and I looked at the two percent and I looked at the whole milk and I remember what Robert said: eat the whole fat." And he got that. I said, "Jerry, the only thing you're waiting on is the raw part, but you'll get there." So, well, the high fat. This is interesting. The, high, the studies have already been done when people consume high fat milk versus low fat or especially skim milk. The high fat people that consume the high fat milk actually had lower body fat and lost. Um, in, in, a, in a study showing loss of fat in the body based on no other parameters. So these people didn't change their exercise regimens, they didn't change their dietary intake. All The only factor that was differentiated was the skim milk versus low fat versus fat, uh, whole, whole milk. And the whole milk people lost more body fat um, per um, per individual. It, it was statistically significant compared to the people that were on the low fat and then the skim was the worst and actually it's because they extract the fat out of the milk and then they put these uh, synthetic components in their whiteners to make the milk look more white because the skim milk has that grayish look because it's taking all the fat out so they want to make it look white so it's appealing and so all those chemicals that slow down the metabolism and causes all sorts of other problems so um, that's just that's just from one aspect we're not even talking about the toxicity aspect we're just talking about slowing down the metabolism aspect the the fat um the higher the fat content, the more the body is in a non-starvation mode because it doesn't feel like it's being depleted of nutrients. When it's skim milk, there's not enough fat coming in. The body perceives starvation, goes into a fat storing mode, and so you hold on to the body's fat more. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, guess what's in the fat? Toxins. We're talking in your body. You know, that's part of what the storage mechanism is when your liver, kidneys, uh, colon, all of these things are not able to keep up with the inflow, this burden, environmental burden, whether it be through food, water, and air, and certain body types more susceptible to this than others, retaining extra fat to dilute the toxic burden in the body. Uh, it's so crash course diets without support of liver, kidney, and detox pathways, not a good plan. Here's a headline that's interesting. I think you'll find it rather not funny, but funny in a weird way. Five toxic chemicals you should avoid in baby care products. Anything strange about that headline? Yeah, I, I, I want to know which five I should be embracing. You and I talked about this on the, off the air. That's the one I'm more interested in. Which five toxins should I be embracing and really 
be excited about putting into my body. Right. With a headline like that, you're like, oh, five toxic chemicals I should avoid. I wonder which are the ones I shouldn't. Which are the ones we should embrace? I want that article. Five toxic chemicals that you should eat all of the time. That's not going to happen. Somebody messed up on that headline, but it is a Fox News Health article, and they go into a few of these. Do you see that fragrance is number one on their list? Yep, yep. That's a very, very common one, too, Robert. People have no idea how that affects uh, the entire immune system and other aspects as well, but the immune system especially. And once a person has been detoxified, they become more sensitive to these various various fragrances. It's kind of like a smoker that smoked all his life and then when he finally stopped smoking, became more aggressive uh, when they were around smokers and, and, and less tolerant. You'd think that somebody who smoked would probably be more tolerant around smokers, but they are actually more um, they're actually more intolerant because they're more sensitive to it and so they it makes them nauseated etc etc it's the same type of situation with fragrances when we have cancer patients and we're treating them we're detoxing detoxifying them they become extremely sensitive to smell with from perfumes and we have to have signs in our clinic that says please refrain from using any type of fragrance Wow. Yeah. And, and of course, these, these fragrances, interestingly enough, interact with the endocrine system of these babies. You want to talk about altering hormones right from the get go. I mean, that that's mm-hmm. another devastation in there. And I think uh, the second thing on the list also may add to that uh, mix, the phthalates and parabens. Mm-hmm. Another huge, huge problem. And, and you know, any, every one of these classes of uh, toxins that we're talking about, these substances that act as toxins we're talking about, we're only aware of one or two or three mechanisms of how they can cause uh, a negative effect in the body. But then when you put them in conjunction with the heavy metals or with some one of the other toxicities, again, it's like the lead and the mercury is exponentially worse. Having persistent organic pollutants with heavy metals and with the opportunistic system makes it just exponentially worse it it makes it 10 times more exponentially worse so when you end up having somebody with Lyme's disease for example Mm -hmm. i've never seen any everybody blames the Lyme spirochete on Lyme's disease but i have never seen a Lyme's disease patient ever that did not have persistent organic pollutant and metal toxicity again opportunistics given rise because of the toxic burden on the body and the associated deficiencies that are brought into being because of the toxins that are coming in all of the time. This is a constant theme here. If you haven't picked up on it yet, you might be a little slow. It might be lead, but we're going to help you remove it so you can get the message and reverse course, save your life and the life of your children, your kids, if they're ready to listen. You know, and that's why we'll keep delivering this message. We're going to take a quick break here. We've got one more segment. We'll talk about a few more of those toxins to avoid. Not like there are any that we want you to embrace, but, hey, that's their article. We'll cover them. And remember, uh, clearing the body of those toxins is much more important than targeting for death and destruction microbes that may or may not actually be causing the problems that the media is claiming that they're causing, like Zika virus. That scam for one. All right, back with Dr. Batar all the way from New Zealand and tomorrow after this. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. All right, more advanced medicine, uh, medicalrewind.com, easy access to the hundreds and hundreds of hours of archives of uh, great discussions with Dr. Rasha Bittar. 
He's at Dr. Batar, D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R.com. How are we going to top this long-distance broadcast from New Zealand? Are you going to, where are you going next, the moon? No, I think we did, um, I think Australia's a little bit further. We did, um, we did a couple of shows from Australia. Yeah, and we've done some from the Middle East. You were in the Middle East, so it's a, yeah, we pulled off some interesting ones. Yeah, we've done some, uh, I think we did some from Japan too, didn't we? In 2011? Oh, man, you, now you got memory that I don't. That would have been when we started that year, 2011. It's possible. But, uh, yeah. well, here we are. Listen, we got a few more toxins to cover before I can let you go uh, into the future, which you're already in for, compared to where we are in the States. Um, Michael J. Fox and Dr. Batar. Back to the future. Now, number. Uh, let's see, we get number three on the list, formaldehyde and formaldehyde-releasing preservatives. Because that's very common, and, of course, formaldehyde is often found even i believe in some vaccines too yes formaldehyde is found in some vaccines but the one thing robert that is very common that everybody gets exposure to formaldehyde the one thing that people ingest from a leisure basis what is it uh diet sodas with aspartame that's the big source i think uh actually even bigger than that is alcohol because alcohol gets converted to formaldehyde in the liver the process of uh, ethanol gets converted into formaldehyde. Oh, I, so yeah, see, I was thinking of the methanol conversion from uh, uh, aspartame, but you're right, even on the ethanol side. So, yeah, uh, right. there's a number of uh, aspects, and this is not even talking about products that are preserved or vaccines that are injected. Yeah, this is just regular alcohol, beer, wine, whatever. Um, and, you know, some people say, well, they say that one glass of red wine every third day is good, that there is veritol and this and that for anthocyanins. And that, yes, that's all true. But you can also still get those same proanthocyanins and, and resveratrol and all the other great antioxidants without taking in the alcohol, which is now going to cause um, a greater burden on your liver simply because of that ethanol conversion to formaldehyde. So formaldehyde is a very, very detrimental thing. And for those people that may not know really what formaldehyde is used for, just think of embalming fluid. Embalming fluid, we've talked about this on the air a couple of years ago, Robert, I remember that. Because we talked about, if you don't know what formaldehyde does to the body, just remember it's used in dead people's body to preserve it. So mm -hmm. it's not something that you know we should uh, actively well, seek. Like and last hour, Dr. Batar, another lady did an experiment for her kids. She bought a Happy Meal from McDonald's six years ago and has right. left it out, and it looks identical to the day she bought it. No, nothing oh will eat God. it. Nothing will eat it. What does that say? I mean, if something, if, if not even bugs will eat it, I don't know if you're if it's good for people. So just saying, is that a true story? A true story, yeah. And, and we've covered stories wow. like this before, but that's, this is the latest one. You know, just like over the years, every once in a while, we hear about these experiments done, and they show pictures of it. They're not putting it in glass, you know, to contain it. They're literally it's out, and nothing's going to decay it. The French fries look the same. The chicken McNuggets look the same. Whatever they're called. It's amazing. Now, I don't know, maybe because it's got 1,4-dioxane. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's formaldehyde. But that's another thing. In, in liquid soap products, they say 1,4-dioxane is not listed on the chemical ingredient list because it's a byproduct of a whole lot of other things like sodium lauryl sulfate, PEG compounds, chemicals with the last listing of XYNOL, xenol or something, xenol, and, and a few others. And, and so if you got liquid soaps from a big-box retailer, and it's not like a health food store, you've got 1,000 ingredients most of them you don't want to put on your skin because they'll get in your body. So dioxane and dioxin, I wonder if they are related. I don't know whether they are. Um, you know, sometimes there are these little antics where you take something mm -hmm. like ethylene, uh, you take uh, something like thimerosal, which is ethyl mercury, and change the name to thimerosal so people don't know that it's 
the that same thing. So right I wonder now. whether dioxane and dioxin is the same chemical compound or close to the same. So Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Last on the list here, vitamin A, of course, a synthetic form, retinol palmitate, and oxybenzone, which are often used in sunscreens. Right. The, benz, the benzones, the, ben, the benzoic acids, have really gotten a bad rap. Uh, they talk about how that's related to benzene in the presence of vitamin C. But the thing is that you find sodium benzoic acid and you find ben, uh, vitamin C in cherries. Naturally, there's no benzene there. So it's yeah, not it's not the same thing. So check it out. The lists are up. The links are up in the show notes at robertscabell.com. Uh, Dr. Patar will work hard to catch up to you, perhaps next week, because you'll still be there in the future. So give me some heads up on what's coming, okay? I will do so. You're still 18 hours behind me. So pick up your face. <laughs> All right. You're, you're six hours behind me, but a day ahead. So what can I say? All right, folks. Now that's it. We got a lot more healing to go. Remember, the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.